Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? This is the Melchester Odyssey 21, something like that. Um, we're looking at the Roy of the Rovers, best of the 1980s book. If you haven't got it now, why haven't you got it now? That's the question. Um, and we're up to the 2nd of May 1981. It says best of the 80s. I've gone over this before. It doesn't. It just goes from November 1980 for a year's worth of stories, which is good because there's continuity. So, But it's not technically the best of the 80s. We will delve into other ones in the 80s after we've done this, won't we? Because um, we will. I've been acquiring there's, lots there's of no an, issues. There's no annual for the rest of the 80s, but you have spent what can only be described, Andy, as a small fortune... Um, let's come out of top. Let's come out of um, Iron Finance money. Well, that's as maybe. You know that? Yeah, no, I didn't know that. I mean, that's fair enough, but I can't help but feel we're reading the Elton John book at the moment, and I can't help but feel that I'm Bernie Torpin and you're Elton John, <laughs> <laughs> and you started investing. You started spending the proceeds of the tour on yeah. um, a private jet that you've purchased from Led Zeppelin, loads of antique porcelain goods. Fine yeah. art, fresh flowers delivered every day to fill your entire am I, mansion. Am, am I am I watching young men have sex on my snooker table then? Yeah, and shouting, "Don't come on the beers!" Oh, you've got to that <laughs> bit. Yeah, yeah, G- classic bit. It's an impossible book to name your best bit on because no. every night where I settle down, <laughs> and if you're wondering. Yes, it is the sort of book that's making me go to bed a bit early so I can get more pages in, <laughs> right? <laughs> and my pyjamas, right? Every night, there's a new best bit. And I'd even yeah. forgotten that bit where he's... A, it's the matter-of-fact way. My respect for Elton John has skyrocketed from this book mm-hmm. because it's the matter-of-fact way in which he describes things that are the most outrageous and intimate and sometimes undignified details of his existence. Yeah. And he couldn't give yeah. two facts. He's now one of the greatest men who's ever lived. Yeah. Basically, he's rocketed up to the top of the charts. He's like, yeah, he's I used to with... get... And he even says near the beginning, yeah, I mean, for me, <laughs> it's like we're doing some John Fanny powder, literally. Because he goes, I mean, think about this. Probably the reason I never got AIDS was that I didn't actually like having sex that much. He says that, doesn't he? He goes, I didn't like having sex. For me, what I really liked was getting other people to have sex in front of me while I, like, played with myself. Yeah. That was it. That that was... I was thinking, yes, logistics. Yeah, logistics. You go... Gear sex logistics. What I really got into, what I got a real kick out of, were two people who you'd never thought would ever have sex with each other, having sex with each other in front of me. And I'd just watch it. And that way, I never got AIDS. <laughs> and I'd write it down. I'd add it to a spreadsheet. Yeah, amazing. I only, I only got angry when they jizzed on the bass. <laughs> <laughs> that were great. 
But anyway, you are Elton John. You're off spending when the book when the book oh. of this like venture, the Top Flight Time mm-hmm. Machine madness, gets written. It'll be. Um, it was at this point where Andy and Sam <laughs> began to drift apart. I mean, I've already just been discussing with you how we're booked into separate premiere inns in Newcastle on tour, right? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. It was at this point that they started drifting apart. Andy started investing heavily in old Roy of the Rovers <laughs> comics <laughs> on eBay. And in the, in the biopic movie, it'll be the bit where the guy playing me says to the guy playing you, Andy, this is out of control. And you're going, hey, nobody tells me what to do. <laughs> I want more. If I, Give me more comics. <laughs> if I want to pay $300 for a 7th of May 1982, I'm going to do it. You can't stop me. I've earned this success. <laughs> Hey, we're out of control, man. Everyone, word's got around the industry. Word is we're not even getting invited to the Thirst Podcast Festival next year. We're too dangerous. They don't need that kind of trouble. Everyone's going to be there. (laughs) Adam Buxton. (laughs) Adam Buxton, the guilty feminist, all of them. No such thing as a fish, guys. <laughs> Thirsk's the new Glastonbury. <laughs> and we ain't there. And why? Because you are a liability. <laughs> you got your head in the comics. Last year, you threw a whole ride of Robles and you'll have the hotel window. It hit a podcast <laughs> fan on the head. Grazed them quite severely. <laughs> uh, tickets still available for Thirsk, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, um,. Anyway, back to Roy the Rovers. We're on to second uh, of May, nineteen eighty-one, and we, it's one of those ones where uh, the Roy the Rovers story was on the front cover. It's a beautiful cover as well. It's a classic cover. Um, first of all, at the top, it's got Kevin Keegan and Mickey Thomas in, in colour. Colour Keegan. Now, there's a, there's there's a link here. There's a curse mm. of Kevin Keegan and Mickey Thomas. Yeah, and why? Both of whom were assaulted whilst in their vehicles. Mm. This could be a Roy the Rovers related curse because, of course, Kevin Keegan was beaten with that baseball bat yeah. that we covered in the Keegan Odyssey. Mickey Thomas was stabbed in the arse while having it off with his brother-in-law's wife. Well, he was asking so, for it, wasn't he? There you go. His brother-in-law's <laughs> so, wife is his fucking sister, mate. It's not, though. Well. It's not. I tried to work this out the other day with a pen and paper, and it's not. So he had no a, blood link. maybe his brother-in-law got divorced from his sister He's, and then married someone he, else, and Mickey Thomas fucked <laughs> I think his brother-in-law is his sister's brother, and he's married oh, someone see. else. Yeah, Got his it? sister's brother. Yeah. Hang on, you mean his wife's brother? His wife, yeah, his wife's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no blood link, but he, well, the blood happened when he got stabbed in the arse. Yeah, but uh, there's a blood yeah. link for. Hey, that's what he said when he said it. Hey, here's <laughs> a fucking blood link for you, dickhead. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get for shagging my missus <laughs> in the car. In a oh, fucking God. car of all places, you could at least have shelled out for a hotel. <laughs> you tight bastard. Treat her like a lady, I eh? <laughs> I couldn't wait. <laughs> Mickey Thomas. I would say Randy. Talented footballer, Mickey Thomas. And you see he it here, Kevin Keegan and Mickey Thomas. Time was, they were mentioned in the same breath, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, parallel mm-hmm. lives like Stalin and Hitler. Not that I'm yeah. saying either of them were responsible for genocide, far from it. But um, funny how lives go in different directions. Because what was it? Apart from shagging his missus, his, his, um, his brother-in-law's missus, yeah. what was Mickey Thomas's undoing? Was it fraud or was it gambling? Fraud. 
forged notes. Forged. He got sent to prison for bit, passing on forged Let's notes. Let's be honest. I think he was passing them on. I think he was passing them on to the White S trainees at Wrexham where he was playing at the time. I think it's <laughs> a really good thing to get sent down for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, there's something so grubby and predictable and pathetic when a footballer gets sent down for assault. <laughs> oh, it was a bar brawl. Drink had been taken. Things got out of yeah. hand. He knocked someone out. Blah, blah, blah. You think, oh, grow up. But forge notes. There's something into David Niven about that, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a master gentleman criminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gentleman thief, exactly. It'd be great if you found out that a, a footballer, this would have been a good Roy the Rover storyline, a footballer was moonlighting as one of those high-class jewellery thieves. So in at night, yeah. he, he, he was the, like called the Phantom, and he dressed all in black and sort of like the milk tray man just appeared in wealthy widows' hotel suites on the Cote d'Azur, took yeah. their, their precious jewels, and then disappeared, yeah. leaving only a single red rose. And it turns out it was, in fact, Mickey Quinn. Mickey, yeah. <laughs> I'd prefer it if he seduced them first, though, in Dirty Rotten Scoundrel style, Yeah, rather than just nipping in. And he was leading the double life, yet I keep getting away because he had an away match at Shrewsbury or something like that. <laughs> now, this is a great story. <laughs> This is a great piece of fiction. This is we could yeah. write this if we could be asked, right? That is yeah, great put fan it on the fiction. List. Put it on the list. Mickey Thomas has written an autobiography, obviously. Yeah. In two thousand and eight. It's called Kick Ups, Hiccups, Lockups. <laughs> Here's a story. Very good. This is what I think mm-hmm. of when I think of Mickey Thomas, because I was probably a bit when Mickey Thomas was at his in his pomp was probably mm-hmm. around this era, and I was a bit too young. I'd have been six, right? So I don't quite remember him in his pomp when he was playing for... Was it United when he was in his pomp? Yeah. That was his pomp, right? But... but this is my pomp. He would regularly see in interviews. Hey, lads, it's pomp time for old Mickey boy. <laughs> I've just signed for United. Right. <laughs> but I remember him in the late 80s where he was very much a veteran playing mm-hmm. way beyond where most people played at that age. And he was playing for Wrexham, which I think may have been yeah. his hometown club. And they got West Ham in the cup. Right. And I believe they knocked us out. It was a bit one of those big FA Cup sort of games that everyone went mad about because they were down in like the third tier and West Ham were in the top yeah. tier. And the, the, the thing I remember about it was, and this is a recurring character in, in my stories in these podcasts, is who sorted out the tickets for me that day when I was just a 10-year-old or 11-year-old? It was our old friend, Steve Jones, off of the Pyramid Game. Oh, of course. Steve Jones off the Pyramid Game was doing a bit of corporate out on the pitch, right? Yeah. He would go out and do a little bit of a competition beforehand, right? Hello, welcome to the game. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun now. With a penalty competition, you know, that kind of carry-on. Not as much fun as the pyramid game, but never mind. You know, I must have told you that once he co-hosted something on the pitch with Karen Keaton. Did he? Yeah, and I instinctively know. Did you meet Karen I instinctively Keaton? know without you mentioning it that Karen Keaton would have been someone who was a bit triggery for you when you were younger. Yeah, highly triggery. Yeah. I, I just know, I know you're tight now. Yeah. And um, so Karen Keaton was there. I think it was that time. But anyway, I... Through my mate, Ollie, right, got to come along. He could bring a mate. Sat up in the posh sheets. Guess who I sat next to? Wixie, <gasps> Wixie from EastEnders. Nick uh, Berry. What? That's fucking better than uh, you sat next to. Fucking interested. Nick I'm Berry. I'm interested, though. 
Nick Byrne. Yeah, Nick Byrne, who, who blighted the charts in 1986 with all, Every Loser Wins. Every for Loser like nine Wins. Yeah. And I'll tell you who else was there as well. Tucker. Tucker Jenkins. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm impressed by that. But he didn't talk as much. Nick Berry spoke to me, like, quite a lot. Did he? Yeah, he was like, oh, that was good, wasn't it, mate? And I'm like, yeah, well, I think we need to tighten up at the back. It was all that sort of banter going, man. Well, I felt really special uh, and grown up. How old were you? About 10, 11, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. You tree, never mind. What? Um, you tree? No, he wasn't being noncy, <laughs> right? He was... It, for that's what, how it starts, though. For two sweet hours of my life, Nick Berry was my friend, <laughs> right? <laughs> Tucker, on the other hand, who you're right, is a more impressive individual. He was a bit... He was also West Ham, but he was kind of just... He was he was quiet. Kicking himself to himself. A bit more shadowy, yeah. I think Nick Berry, though, was in his pomp at the time, probably. Oh, Nick Berry so was... That's, that's what gave him... That's what gave him the added exuberance. He was full of it. Oi, oi! I guess who's here? <laughs> that's here. right, Wixie. <laughs> in his pomp. I'm in my fucking pomp, lads. What's this then? West Ham, Wrexham? Ah, should be a piece of piss. Anyway, and what was what was the final score? I think they beat us two one. Mickey Thomas, <laughs> Mickey Thomas was tremendous that day. He pulled the strings and he absolutely yeah. had West Ham's midfield on toast. And it was one of those great things that even as a West Ham fan, I could see it. I, I was like, this guy's about fucking forty, and he's having and he's really yeah. fat, and he's having the absolute yeah. piss. I think that was pre arse stabbing, though. To be fair, I think mm. he, he apparently lost half a yard of p- pace after that. <laughs> Once he lost, he lost a pint of blood out of his ass. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back um, to Roy. But as well, he he scored that free kick against Arsenal to put Arsenal out the cup that as well. Was, I, I think that was the same cup run. I think that was the same cup run. Yeah, hell. I think he did us both. Ma- Se- that's like a second pump. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Not many people was, get was, that. They call it an Indian pump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Thomas's Indian pump. Mickey Thomas's Indian pump. It was, it was, and it was literally deflated as a knife. Yeah, penetrated his buttocks. Yeah, and after that, he's like, "Well, after I got knifed in the ass, <clears throat> I uh, after I got knifed in the ass, my pump was over, <laughs> and that was when I had to go into the forgery game. <laughs> it was the only option left to me. It was the natural thing to do. We were all into it then." <laughs> Not many options. Yeah. I was either that or become a pub landlord. That were the <laughs> options in those days. I hadn't done my badges. And of course, being a pub landlord was very steeped in forgery as well. <laughs> you can't run a pub without some kind of forgery going on. <laughs> Watering the beer down. Yeah. Um, shall we get into right. uh, Roy the Rovers? Roy on the yeah, front, okay. shaking his fist with a big grin on his mm. face. All his mates behind him, sycophantic lick spittles that they are, grinning at everything he says. Yeah, nice one, Roy. Yeah. And he's going, yeah. well, our fans think we can beat Kelburn, lads. So let's live up to their good faith and win. Oh, great fucking yeah, all, team talk, you trite dickhead. They're all, they're all fucking stood there grinning, mm. but they're the pricks that's got them in the bottom three. Yeah, pathetic. You know, they, they've caused the mess. They've dug the hole and they're just standing there grinning. He, he doesn't make... And insulting the fans. Yeah, exactly. And it's a closed shop, right? As long as they stay in with him, they keep in the team. Mm. Because he hasn't changed this team barely at all. I mean, he swapped the goalkeeper out at one point earlier he in the season. Gosden in. But he still but came back in. He brought Gosden in. He kind of had to because he'd sold, what's his name, Jeff Giles. Right. There's no war chest, is there? There's no. He can't go out and spend his way out of it. 
Well, they should be because they're supposed to be one of the biggest teams in the world. They've got yeah, this big stadium so. and an international brand. So I don't know what the chairman's doing with the dough. But the point is, he hasn't shuffled the pack. And these players are complacent. They know that they're not going to play for their place. They know that they're, for, they're on the team sheet either way. Uh, the likes of Blackie Gray and Duncan McKay, they're so in with Roy. They can have fucking four out of ten performances every week. And as long as they stay matey with him and drink with him down the feathers, they're in the fucking side. That's why they're in this mess. He wants yes men. He wants yes men. It's like the Manchester United side of the early 70s that eventually got relegated. They still had, like, uh, fucking Bobby Charlton was still in the team past the era. uh, George Best was hanging around and and retiring and coming back. Yeah. And whoever else there was. Nobby Styles was he Manchester United? Yeah. So all, all all, they're all living off past glories, basically. Yeah, that's what's happening. And they well. were too. I mean, and because Busby had left, the uh, the succession of managers they had in his place were too. They were too timid to to drop these club legends. Yeah, I mean, you see, he, he hasn't shuffled the pack. He kind of has a bit. He got two lads in out of the car park and put them in the team. But yeah. that's not really. But I think they've shuffling the pack. St- satisfactory. Did they it? stay in the team though? Because we haven't heard much about I them. I don't know. We haven't he seen brought, them, do we? Young, he brought yeah. in a young keeper and those two lads right at the beginning from the car park. But they didn't last. Oh. These places on the cover here are all the fucking the, the standards. They've been there for years. You've got fucking funny man. Mm. Clown boy. What's his name again? Noel Baxter. Noel Baxter. McKay. Blackie Grey. And in with the Tash, whose name I always forget. But he's certainly a perennial. No, I've forgotten his name. Anyway, they've gone down to London um, to play Kelburn, who I believe are a thinly disguised Arsenal. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's what they're doing. Yeah, they're, they're down in the cup, hoping that they can revive a little bit of morale with a little bit of a cup run yeah. to sort of distract from... That's the last thing they need. ...from their terrible league form. That's the last thing they need. So, yeah, into the story, and it says... Uh, Melchester put together a move of sheer magic. That's the subheading at the top of the page. Oh, they've mm. put together a move of sheer magic, have they? Sheer yeah, magic, that is. That's the least they should be doing. Mm. So it starts, it says, With Melchester in danger of relegation, Roy was under the greatest pressure of his managerial career. Could the Reds, in speech marks, <laughs> um, escape the drop and progress beyond the fifth round of the FA Cup? A lot of Melchester supporters thought they could, as the Rovers found out as they came out for the cup game. Because this is London, isn't it? Because they were on the bus down to London at the end of the last one. Yeah. So, Kelburn, you think it's Arsenal? I think so, because um, it sounds like Kelburn, so it's probably it's northwest London. I suppose it, it could be Spurs. It could be... I mean, Kilburn's not really... I suppose it could be... I mean, you know, it's not a million miles away from QPR. I don't know. <laughs> I reckon it's Arsenal. Well, they're playing, they're playing blue, so oh, okay. who knows. Yeah. Um, and there's a massive amount of Melchester fans that have come down. Um, and they're all shouting, Melchester, Melchester! They shout. And then someone to the to the left just shouts, Kelburn! Kelburn! Which <laughs> shows that they're being outsung. Yeah. The home team are being outsung. It's like Sunderland playing away. This is what we do in League One every week. Yeah, in fucking League One, maybe. Nothing. Jalapeño. If you like what you've been listening to on Top Flight Time Machine, why not consider heading over to patreon.com slash Machine, where you can subscribe. Uh, Not only does your monthly subscription help support this podcast and keep it going, it also gives you access to a huge amount of extra exclusive content. Loads of extra episodes, yeah. You'll be getting an episode a day. 
And so it costs less than a fiver, less than a pint. Whether a you month. like it or not. Go to tftimemachine.com slash iron filings to find out more and get involved. There's t shirts and everything. I mean, for fuck's sake, what more do you want? Jalapeno. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. So there are in the track seats on the pitch... As if it's the FA Cup final or something, they're having a walk around on the pitch before the game. Um, and Roy shown this is weird because it. What, what time would this be before three PM kickoff? Are they are they coming out for the start in tracksuits? Is that what like, happened? Like it's the FA Cup final, getting a bit ahead of themselves. Yeah. No, no one ever did that. Okay, but you mind. know what Roy's like. He's like we treat every game. He's got, it's his new psychological plan. He's going, well, I've decided this. We've got to treat every game like it's a cop final, right? And that mm. means arriving the day before, staying in a dead flash hotel, getting suits specially made <laughs> for that game and walking out onto the pitch in full tracksuit. And we'll even have embroidered into the tracksuit FA cop final, even if it's not a cop final. That way, if we get to the final itself, we've got a psychological advantage. Yeah. It doesn't feel weird. Yeah. Roy says, come on, lads, let's show them our appreciation. Noel Baxter says, good grief, it's like playing at home. Our fans are drowning the chance of the Kelburn people. <laughs> the Kelburn <laughs> people. Oh, the Kelburn people. You snobby dickhead. Oh, which end of the Kelburn people? <laughs> uh, Roy is his fans lined up to salute their fa- Sorry, Roy and his players lined up to salute their fans. And the fans are singing... We all agree, Manchester Rovers are magic. I don't know what the tune is to that. It's Isn't not one it? that I recognise. We all agree that Manchester Rovers are magic. Don't remember that one. Oh, all right. We yeah, all then. agree that Kelburn are tragic. That's how it went. Ah, yeah. there you are then. Um, did Nick Berry teach you that? Yeah. He had it on the B-side <laughs> to... Uh, what was it called again? <laughs> I keep wanting to say not every loser wins, every isn't loser it? Wins. I keep thinking of Anita yeah. Dobson doing anyone can fall in love. Oh God. And you know, Even recently worse. on another podcast we were talking about putting words to instrumental theme tunes. Anita mm. we do that as a joke. Anita Dobson actually fucking did it, didn't she? Cornered the mic. She, she? she yeah. sat there with Brian May going, Oh babes, I'm so sick of just playing Ange. All the time. I want to do something else, like what you do, the singing and all music and that. What could I sing to? <laughs> and he goes, ah, leave it, leave it, babes. Leave the singing and the music to me. Me and Freddie and the boys. Uh, you're an actress. It's, it's what you. you were born to do. 
And then she's coming. Stay come in back. your lane, babes. Stay in your lane, yeah? You can't write a fucking tune. I can write lyrics, yeah. But it's writing tunes that fucking counts. And you haven't got a clue how to read music or play the piano. I'll show you, Brian, mate. I'll come up with a yeah. top number one hit single. She comes back, she goes, I've written a number one hit single. He goes, huh, who did the tune for you? <laughs> Everyone knows you're musically illiterate. She went, well, no problem, because all I've done is set the lyrics to the EastEnders theme tune, haven't I? And it goes like this. <laughs> Anyone can fall in love. That's the yeah. easy part. And he goes, oh, you silly cow. It'll never work. Plus, this is a minefield yeah. of licensing it's... problems. Also, it's too soppy. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. No one's going to buy that. It's no, I want to ride my bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> or fat-bottomed girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the people want. Those are the sort of songs that get people off of their bar stalls, supping their pints and chanting in the pub. People don't want love songs. They want Flash Gordon theme tune. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing you were talking about, she's monetized that thirty-five years she ago. Yes, yeah, just goes to show so, you can um, laugh at Anita Dobson so, as much as you want, but she's fucking the one laughing at us. She still earns millions off of the royalties from that. I bet. And on the on the B side of every loser wins, Nick Berry had uh, we all agree EastEnders are magic. We all, we all agree. agree Coronation Street, Street is tragic. tragic. <laughs> yeah. Coronation Street and Brookside are tragic. And Emma Dill. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're singing that, and Roy thinks people like this make you believe that anything is possible. They deserve success. Anything is possible. Space exploration in the helicopter. <laughs> A second Anything dick. Anything. Yeah, so he says they deserve success, and it says, and Roy was determined to give it to them at the kickoff. And Roy intercepts a pass from Kelburn. Uh, great interception, Racy read that pass perfectly. Close him down, Kelburn. But Kelburn can't close him down because it's too late because he's because found Because he's Vernon fucking Elliott. Roy Race. No one yeah. closes Roy Race down. You can't legislate against Roy Race. Yeah. Um, Roy sprays the ball out wide to Vernon Elliott and a fan shouts, show them your heels, Vern. Um, I don't know if that's a West Indian phrase. I'm not sure. The West Indian winger held the ball as Jimmy Slade powered forward uh, and uh, Vernon Elliott shouts something as he plays the ball. Do you want to do the Vernon Elliott voice? Where is he? He goes, okay, away you go, man. And yes, uh, listener, they have written, man which they do mm-hmm. 80% of the time they write any dialogue for Vernon Elliott, which is why I feel justified in doing the voice. Away you go, man. Go on now. Historically accurate. Wagwan, Blackie Green. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. Okay, that's stuff. enough. Right. Um, <laughs> a break from midfield, someone shouts, and here comes Race. Slade is looking for him at the near post. Finish it, you uh, brass clat. No, no, no. He doesn't say that. That's not. Right. That's not. Okay. Um, as the Kelburn defence veered to cover Roy, Roy lets the ball run on across the goal, and Blackie's there to tap it in from two yards. Hooray! Hey, you owe me I a pint know. for that, Blackie. Fucking tapping. Could have scored it myself. Yeah. I'll let you have Thought it. I'll throw you a bone. Throw you a bone. Get a goal bonus um. for that, and remember, I'm all twenty percent of it. Here we split it. <laughs> sort it out down the feathers later on. <laughs> we'll sort it out. We'll sort it out in street fellows afterwards. Because that's where they're headed, isn't it? You're picking up the fucking bill. 
We're in London for the night, and it's always an expensive one down here. We'll sort out later on in Raymond's review bar. Is it? <laughs> it the it's always a pricey away day here. Yeah. Fucking worth it, though, <laughs> when you see the quality of Fanny. <laughs> 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 uh, it says the almost effortlessly worked goal stunned the Kelburn fans 1-0 1-0 shouts Melchester Kelburn is they just seem to stroll through us if this is a taste of things to come Kelburn haven't a hope again more accurate fan chat there <laughs> um, but as the Melchester fans waited gleefully for an avalanche of goals Rovers are playing on the retreat. Oh, it's Jack Ross's Sunderland again. Score a goal, then sit back. Yeah. Fucking hell. I'm getting flashbacks here. A bit of nightmares. Uh, it, it Equalises inevitable, I'll tell you that now. Uh, Rovers are playing on the retreat. They're allowing Kelvin to get back in the game. Surely Roy hasn't told them to sit on that one goal lead. What has Roy told them to do? He wouldn't tell them to do that, would he? Not the Roy way. No, he hadn't told them anything by the looks of it. Uh, it says Roy had done no such thing at half-time. They're walking off and he's going, what's going on? We haven't put a decent attack together since we scored. You fucking useless bunch of cunts. You know, you'd think you'd have a word with them on the pitch during the match, but... Yeah. Um, right, I'm going to have... It's that bad, I'm going to have a word with myself when we get in. <laughs> Mervyn Wallace says, don't worry, boss, Kelvin, don't even look like scoring. He's like, ah, fucking whatever. We'll just soak it up, no problem. Um, Mervyn Wallace found support from Vic Guthrie. We ran around like demented rabbits last week, and where did it get us? Mervyn says, another draw, so let's hang on to what we've got. Now that we're out in front, let's make sure we stay there. Can we just have a quick chat about Mervyn Wallace's style? Very much of the era. Mm. Um, What sort of band? I mean, he looks like someone from a a really awful sort of metal band from this era, right? Like, you can see him, he's he's got a really lank kind of proto mullet, right? really lank and greasy yeah. and a sort of quite thin handlebar moustache. He looks like when he's off duty, when he's in civilian clothes, I imagine him wearing a sleeveless denim jacket with lots of patches on. What do you reckon? He looks like he's maybe he's in, in Toto or something like that, some yeah, kind of West Coast. Yeah, a little bit. But I think in a way that's been too complimentary. I think he's in a band that are mm. sort of, a, a, a sort of a I mean I could see him in quote pubs. I could see him in quote but pub rock or yeah. like a yeah pub yeah. rock exactly like a quote tribute a band that do quote covers in <laughs> yeah, pubs in the, in the West Midlands area <laughs> yeah and they're called yeah, they're called something like Viking do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah long boat <laughs> yeah definitely uh what, what happened second half Roy's protests were in vain as the game moved into the second half uh, Kelburn player passes the ball out to the to the right winger and it just bounces off his knee mm. and runs loose. Yeah. And he shouts, oops! Oops! <laughs> I had a dream uh, like that which... last night, mate. I know Dream Chat's oh, bad, but how often do you have dreams where you're, you found yourself, for reasons that are inexplicable, in a top-flight Premier League game? And, no, and, again, and, yeah. and you're there and you've just gone along with it because you've thought, well, I can't turn an opportunity like this down. This is amazing. I'm mm. getting to play in the top flight. But yeah. you're thinking, fuck, how long before everyone finds out I'm shit, right? All uh, right, yeah. I was playing for Leicester City. Ian Walker was still in goal for Leicester City, right? <laughs> and I was playing full back, right? Left back, weirdly. Not really my position. 
and he's rolled it out to me and I'm he's got the ball and he's seen me in space and I've thought fucking mm. and I'm thinking in the dream fucking kick it fucking kick, don't roll it to me don't roll it to yeah. me and the manager sees me and points at me as if to say to Ian Walker roll it Delaney right yeah. he's fucking roll it to me because I'm in acres of space and my first touch in this dream <laughs> is absolutely horrendous right the ball comes <laughs> towards me at pace and I just literally put my side foot in front of it so it just bounces off like a pass straight back where it's come from but of oh, course God. it stops short someone runs in scores I look mm-hmm. like the world's biggest cunt thank fuck the ref says a redo because of something that's gone on that I can't right. work out and then I woke up that's it but it's a I'm, I know dream chat is rubbish but all I'm saying is is that it's probably one of my most common dreams after of course my dream of having a shit in public which is it to do with shame very, um, it feels very imposter syndrome yes Yes, That's what it is. There you go. You're in the Premier League there. Yeah, um, possibly as I do well. Suffer the, from the, that. The, the inclusion of Ian Walker as well. Ian Walker had a fine head of hair, if you remember. Oh, and, and it's about some anxi- bald, anxiety to do with. Yeah, that as well. I think I shouldn't be here. I'm bald. I'm 44, <laughs> and I've got a shit first touch. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? Quick. Wake myself up, but quick, wake I, up. I'll never forgive myself if I don't try to grab the opportunity with both hands, but I know it's destined to fail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Oops. And the Oops. Kelburn fans shouts, Gah! Sort yourselves out, Kelburn. Um, Racy, Racy thinks, I just know this isn't the way. Thank the stars, Kelburn seem utterly devoid of ideas. I just, he's letting fucking player power take over here. He's saying, I just know this isn't the way. He's the manager. I Tell them know what it. to do. I couldn't give a fuck. Fuck me. The important thing is, right, is that when it goes to shit, I can turn around and blame them. That's why sometimes I, told you so, I keep my mouth shut. I let them make the decisions because that yeah. way it's their moves to blame. And I'll be the first into the chairman's office explaining that to him. And don't worry, in the media interviews afterwards, I will not hesitate to throw these cunts onto the bus. <laughs> Whatever way you play it, racy's as clean as a whistle. <laughs> if we go down, we go down. <laughs> I'm locked in on a five-year contract. I'm still getting paid the same. There's no fucking relegation clause in mine. I get the same <laughs> either way. We could go down to fucking non-league and they've got to fucking pay me. Two contracts, player and manager. And listen here as well. If we go down, right, to the third tier and fucking get revenues plummet as a result, right, and they are struggling to pay me my massive fucking wages, I will see this club go under and sell all its assets, <laughs> the players, the uh, ground, fucking uh, everything, right, before I fucking waive any of my wages. I will stand there and lock the padlock on the gates myself, personally, if I have to. <laughs> I will shut this fucking thing down. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, this club exists to fucking pay my fucking wages, right? <laughs> That's it. That's the beginning and the end of this fucking relationship. <laughs> no one's taking my helicopter off me, ever. <laughs> so these um, lads can say and do what the fuck they want. It makes not a blind <laughs> bit of difference to me and my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> in the Melchester goal Charlie Carter dealt competently with the few shots that came his way competent very competent <laughs> Co- well done competence <laughs> competence is key 
Um, there's, there's a, a long-range effort Remember coming. Remember what I've got bounced. painted on the dressing room roll? C-I-K. What's it stand for? Competence is key. Now get out there and do your best. Be, as competent, be the most competent you've ever been. <laughs> a, a shot comes in outside the box and it bounces at Charlie Carter's feet. He just collects it easily. Another pathetic long-range effort. And time's running out. It looks as if Melchester are going to coast it. But, you know, you can see what's coming. Uh, as Kelburn's effort to score became more and more frantic, <laughs> one of the fans shouts, Oh, give me strength! As a Kelburn player shoots outside of the boot, uh, way wide of the goal, even though Charlie Carter's position in there is incredibly suspect. He's uh, five yards off his line to the left-hand side of his goal. And, uh, oh, give me strength, shouts the fan. Daily soft target, that shot's going to hit the corner flag. But no, it rebounds off a prone Kelburn player and it rebounds into the net, obviously, with Carter being way out of position. Mm. Oh, no, says Noel Baxter. Hey, you're not fucking joking and pranking now, are you, you prick? Yeah. Uh, goal, they shout. Kelburn won, Melchester Rovers won. Roy thinks, they were asking for it. <laughs> they're all asking for it <laughs> it's, it's all they now when when it's going well yeah, it's yeah. we or usually I but as soon as there's something goes wrong it's they <laughs> fucking pricks I, I hate Melchester Rovers they're a shit club <laughs> I'll sign for these blue cunts they look good <laughs> well my living in uh, London either how I work yeah, it is yeah. right I'll leave Penn and the kids up in up in Melchester because you know they won't want to relocate and the lad's got his special school up there and all the rest of it right and change confuses him right all and his friends how I'll spin it to Penn is that it's much easier for me to have one of them Pierre de Terres down here in fucking London in the week right because if not all the travel will be awful right and then you know on Sundays after a game I'll come back and spend a bit of time with her and the kids that way fucking racy all week long it's, it's the fucking dream scenario. I've, the fucking reins are off. I'll try and get Blackie a deal as part of it. You know, I'll have to bring him with me as my mate, right? I will fucking tear this fucking town and you are so. <laughs> so, yeah, it's there. They were asking for it. The Rovers are so desperate to win something, they could wind up losing everything. Unless we can force a replay. Oh, well, in, he says in. that in bold as if it's some really ingenious fucking bit of footballing strategy he suddenly worked out. Yeah. Hey, that's why yeah. I get paid the big box. I've thought a way out yeah. of this. It's called, It's a little loophole. I've read up. I've read up in the football books, right? Apparently, there's a loophole called a replay. What it basically means is you get another go. <laughs> Don't worry, lads. I'll do all the research for you. <laughs> I mean, fucking hell, Roy, you're in replay territory right now. A, a, a few seconds ago, you were in going through to the next round yeah. territory. It's fine. Settle for a draw, we'll get a fucking replay. Well, <laughs> uh, as he said, time was running out, so maybe they will force a replay, maybe they won't. We'll, f- we'll find out next time, because that's it from this one. Yeah. Uh, that's the end of that uh, issue, and it says at the bottom of the preview for the next one, could this be the blackest season in Melchester's history? Mm-hmm. I don't use language like that anymore, yeah. but there we are. Um, Mark set a 10 for that one. Nine. Yeah, it was a good one. Nine. Really good. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Good action. Nice. Yeah. So there we are. That's it from uh, another edition of uh, Roy the Rovers. We'll be back with another one next week. Tell your friends. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't fucking tell us. <laughs> We're not interested. 
Dear Sam and Andy, I'm a big fan of your podcast, but I did feel that the previous Roy of the Rovers episode was slightly below, yeah, fuck off. (laughs) Go listen to the football ramble, dickhead. Let's fucking hear yours. Go on. You have a go, you fucking pal. (laughs) Right. Ta-da. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.